episode six. I'm going to call this one lessons learned from the hashtag epic road trip 2019. And this is part two because episode five was part one. And rather than doing that annoying intro thing that I've done basically every other time, except that now I'm doing it because I'm talking about it, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to jump right in, you know, because when you see a part two, you expect that people are just going to go right back into what they were talking about at the end of part one. So for that reason, in less than one minute, I'm already getting to the content. Yes. Nailed it. (laughs) Okay. So we recently took a two week long road trip. And because of the fact that we had never attempted something like that before, we were, you know, calling it by, we're calling it epic. We're like, this is going to be epic. You know, every time we talk about leading up, oh, it's going to be epic, whatever. Um, Kind of ironically, because that's sort of a epic, you know, it's kind of a, kind of an overused turn, but regardless, it did actually turn out to be epic for a number of reasons. Uh, one reason which I covered extensively in episode five was that our, my fear, my underlying fear about our rather elderly (laughs) suburban, um, maybe being a little too, maybe uh, anyway, I had this fear that our, our car was going to be a problem. Um, I had never, we had never attempted to go that far in our, like I said, our elderly suburban, you know, our suburban is a 2008. So technically I think that means, wouldn't that mean that it was actually for sale in 2007 or being manufactured in 2007? Because don't you, oh, gigantic bug. Oh my goodness. Ah, okay. I'm hitting pause. I've never done this before, but I'm hitting pause. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm back and I lost a gigantic bug. So this may be the shortest podcast of all time because I don't know if I can. (laughs) I don't know if I can survive the shock of another gigantic bug sighting. Um, I'm now sitting in my chair and I have my feet up, even though it wasn't on the floor, it was on the desk with me. Whoo, y'all. Why will I never stop being scared of palmetto bugs? Like, and yes, I know that is just a fancied up term for cockroach, gigantic outdoor cockroach. Um, but like, seriously, why? I've lived my entire life around these dinosaur creatures and I'm still never going to be able to get to the point to where seeing one doesn't just completely freak me out. Okay, but, you know, I started this thing and I'm just going to keep on rolling. And that might mean I scream and jump <laughs> jump away from the screen again. Ooh, I don't know. But now I got my heart rate up. Glad I brought wine with me out here tonight. I'm going to take a big gulp of that. Okay. Onward. So, we planned an epic road trip. And my biggest fear was that our car would not be up for the task. As it turned out, the car kind of (laughs) wasn't, which I talked about in episode five. But, you know, all's well that ends well. 
we had some minor issues come up, none of which couldn't be handled on the road. And so we handled them and we went on. And it didn't deter us from wanting to make another plan. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. Okay. Gonna hit pause again. <laughs> Guys, this is so pointless at this point, but... <sighs> Update. I've decided I can no longer ever podcast. It was fun while it lasted. He's now behind a shelf. I can't see him anymore. How am I supposed to get him out if I can't see him? And the shelf is covered in like 9,000 pounds worth of ham radio stuff, so I can't even move it. My husband isn't home. I wonder how long I can wait for him to get home to do this, to take care of this problem for me. Ugh. Hey, you're live on the podcast. Oh, uh, okay. There's a roach in your office. Uh oh. He's hiding behind your shelf with all your ham radio equipment. So what are you gonna do about it? How long until you get home? Uh, Ten minutes. I think I'm just gonna have to sit here and stare at him. Why? So I so he doesn't get lost. <laughs> I can't go back in here until this thing is dead. Yes, this is a nightmare. Nightmare. Okay. Am I allowed to spray wasp spray in your office? No, don't do that. Ugh. Okay, hurry home. Thanks. Push it. No, I can't. It won't move. I tried. It won't move. You mean it's dead? No, the table, the 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 thing. It's behind your shelf. It's behind the shelf with all your stuff on it. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. Update. <laughs> it's been eight minutes since I talked to my husband on the phone. That means he should be here in about two or three more minutes. And I'm just sitting. I have the flashlight turned on on my phone so that he, the roach, will stay where he is. Don't want him thinking it's safe to come out. It's not safe. It is not dark in here. It is light. Do not come out. Um, so then as I was sitting here, I realized that my microphone is attached to a swivel arm. So I'm sitting as far away. This office is only like, I don't know, it's like maybe five feet by eight feet. So I realized even though I'm sitting, I have my back basically smashed up against the door. I could swivel the arm around and get the microphone back over to my face. So I was like, well, you know what? I just might as well try and use my time wisely. So maybe I can get another two minutes of talking done before um, he comes home and saves me from the dinosaur insect. So still haven't gotten to the content, I should mention, <laughs> but you know, oh, well, <laughs> So many lessons learned um, about podcasting. No, so many lessons learned on our road trip. That's the point. That's what I'm here to talk about. I'm not here to talk about a roach, okay? But it is what it is. Um, I've talked about the car. We learned that lesson. Okay, let's move on while we're waiting for our roach savior to get here. The next thing that we learned... Um, Having never been out west, we've never been out really in bear country. And um, we have we have bears where we live because we live in an area, you know, like a, 
wildlifey, woody area, woodish, woody, wooden. No, <laughs> we live near the woods. And so about once a year, you know, you hear about a black bear, like getting lost on his way to the honeypot and he wanders around. Um, there's also all, there's also lots of stories. Like I call them. Ah! He's back. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You guys, is it possible that he is attracted to the sound of my voice? Why is he trying to come over here? Why is he doing, why is he doing this to me? Okay. I gotta, I gotta lean over and hit pause again. Ah. Update. I have decided to name my dinosaur insect friend Cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? He's now behind the water heater, which is great because it's a great hiding place if you're a bug named Cotton Eye Joe. And my husband just pulled up. So that probably means I should exit the studio and allow him to be the heroic bug killer that he is. And, but what he's really going to do is he's just going to lie to me and he's going to tell me that he killed it. And then I'm going to come back in here and I'm going to start talking again. And then Cotton Eye Joe is going to show his little face and I'm going to have to freak out again. Here he comes. Not the bug, my husband. Hey. He's, he's like behind the water heater now. Please help. How am I going to get him? I don't know. Please help. He's gone. No. He's behind the hot water heater. He's gone. No, don't say that. Come in here and help me. Come on. He's still recording. Everyone, meet Chris. Hi. He's back there somewhere. There's no way we're going to get him behind the hot water heater. Don't say that. Just please lie to me and tell me that you're going to kill him because I'm going to leave now and you're going to kill him and then I'm going to come back. Okay? Deal? Okay, deal. <laughs> Stay tuned. I need a hero. I'm holding on to that. I don't actually know the words of this song. You did it. You did it. You did yeah, it. Yeah, I killed a roach. <laughs> you did. Wow. A roach. You're my hero. Thank you. Oh, the podcast can go on. I had retired halfway through. Halfway through the last 10 minutes. I decided I was going to retire and never podcast again. Oh my gosh. I'm going to need a refill on one. Hey, welcome home. Wow. I'll be inside in a little bit. Okay. Go check on the kids. Make sure they're still in their beds. That's where I left them. Okay. Well, that was a not fun adventure in live podcasting. Thank you. See you soon. Oh my goodness. It is probably completely inappropriate for me to publish a podcast where I spend the first 12 minutes of it in the, <laughs> in the process of killing a roach. But you know what? <coughs> Excuse me. Gracious. I said from the get-go that I was not going to edit this podcast because if I get into the business of editing everything that I say... Or feeling like what I did wasn't good enough. I mean, that's just not going to work for me. 
that's not going to be any fun. So you're going to get the story of Cotton Eye Joe, the unwelcome podcast visitor. And also maybe eventually I'll get around to talking about things that we learned on our epic road trip. Okay. Oh, I've got to mute my, got to mute my computer again. See, this is such a learning process. Okay. Recenter. Here we go. We took an epic road trip. We learned a lot of things. (laughs) The end. No, just kidding. (laughs) All right. What I was trying to say before Cotton Eye Joe made his fifth and final appearance, or was it the fourth? I don't know. I'm bad at math, so we're not going to relive that. But anyway, we had never traveled out west before, and I know that bears are, like, they have, like, real bears, you know, like grizzly bears. And where we live, every so often, a little black bear will show up in the neighborhood, and then, you know, everybody gets excited about it, but there's, it's not really an issue. It's not a thing. So when we arrived in Grand Tetons, uh, part of the check-in process was, um, you know, well, I actually don't know cause I wasn't present for the check-in process. We got there after the office was closed. We arrived late, later in the evening. Um, and so they had a, you know, like at a, at campgrounds, if you arrive after the office closed, they just leave your information like on a clip outside the office. Um, or they just leave it clipped right to the pole of the site that you're going to be staying at. So, um, Anyway, we got our stuff. We got set up that night. And then part of the thing said, just come back in the morning and we'll give you all the rest of the stuff. So in the, the next morning, my husband went and got all the stuff. And he came back and he said, here's all the stuff. And so I was leafing through it. And one of the things was a little flyer that said something like, um, like, be bear aware, something like that. And it was explaining that, you know, bears are attracted by food, you know, like, Yogi the bear. No. <laughs> but for real, like picking it. Hey, what's in that picnic basket? The picnic basket is a real deal. Um, and so you're not supposed to have your, you're not, this, this thing had a whole list of stuff and I'm just going to be honest with you. This was like the sixth day into traveling. This was our sixth time checking into a campground because we stayed at one place every night for five nights. And then this was our sixth night. I think that's right. Hold on. Maybe it was our fifth night. Tennessee, Okay, fifth night. Whatever. I was sort of over (laughs) having to read everything that the campground gave us. And like I said, I wasn't there for check-in, so I didn't get a, you know, I didn't get verbal instructions. I just got this stuff handed to me. I glanced through it, and I thought I had, you know, familiarized myself. Well... Part of what they said, you know, is that you're not supposed to leave a cooler, you're not supposed to leave a food, you know, lunch box, food basket, food box, nothing, like, dish, you know, don't leave dishes out, like, some campgrounds, I mean, like I said, where we live, we, beards are not a, it's not really an issue. There's only one campground I can think of that we had ever stayed in before this that really made an issue of bears. Normally, you're more worried about a raccoon with their weird little human hands, you know, they can like open your cooler. Well, like one time we went camping and they told us, you know, you got to put your cooler in your, in your car at night or the raccoons will get into it. And we were like, we can barely get that cooler open. Surely we're not going to get, you know, surely a raccoon is not going to get our stuff. 
Well, the joke was on us because in the middle of the night, I never sleep well the first night of camping just because I have to get used to the, you know, the sounds and everything. And this was back when we had our pop-up, which was like sleeping in a tent because you're sleeping under canvas. So you can hear everything that's going on outside. So like a twig snaps and you hear it. So I would never sleep the first night. So I was laying awake the first night and I hear, you know, noise outside. And so I get up to look out and I see that there is legit, there is a raccoon. He has opened our cooler and he is picking through all the stuff in it. Like, hmm, what do I want to eat? Do I want bacon? Do I want sloppy joes? Do I want a stick of butter? And so I'm like, Chris, Chris, wake up. There's a raccoon that's like stealing our bacon. And he's like, oh, heck no, not my bacon. <laughs> so he jumps up and just like runs out the door. He didn't have shoes on, you know, he's in his like sleeping attire, which is not much. <laughs> He just straight runs off after the raccoon. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like in the middle of the night. What are you doing? He's like, I'm getting my bacon back. Um, sick, gross. I would just like everyone to know we did not eat the bacon. I let him eat the bacon because he insisted he was going to eat the bacon that he got back from the raccoon, but I did not, I did not eat it. I did not feed it to our children. So anyway, side, that's a side story. So, but that was the most we had ever dealt with. Um, you know, dealing with animals, trying to steal your food. So we, um, also kind of didn't put much thought into it because we didn't have any food in our cooler. We just had drinks. So we had this cooler and it just, every other camping trip we've ever been on, every other stop we had stopped at on this particular trip, we had this cooler full of drinks outside the camper and it was no big deal. We'd load it in and out of the car when we would travel, but we would leave it outside the camper. So that is what we did for the first five days that we were here in Grand Teton. We had our camp table set up, which is just like a folding table, you know, like a rectangular folding table. Um, I do, I try and do all the cooking outside just so that it doesn't, um, well, it heats up the inside of the camper. First of all, if it's hot outside and you cook inside, it heats it up inside, but also just, I just enjoy being outside. That's why we like to camp is to be outside, not to be in our camper. So unless it's raining, we're outside. So I do all, all my cooking outside for the most part. So I have my camp table set up and then under my camp table, I have a rolling like foot locker thing that has, has four latches on it. So you have to really slam them down, you know, to get them closed. And in that I keep a couple of skillets, um, you know, a big pot for boiling water, my kettle for boiling water. Um, but it's all, all the stuff goes in there clean. So I wouldn't leave like a dirty pan in there. However, later I realized <laughs> that even a clean, even a clean pot or pan is not supposed to be left outside in bear country. So anyway, we're there for five days. Everything's fine. The locker is under the table like it always is. The cooler with the drinks is outside like it always is. And so it's our last day in Grand Teton, our last full day. We're going to be getting up the next morning and leaving. And we wanted to leave as close to eight as possible because we had a long drive. We had an eight hour drive to get to Colorado and I was going to be spending the night there. Um, we were going to park at a friend's house. They have a camper, and so they have an awesome setup on the side of their house where they've laid gravel, and they have a gate where they back their camper into their backyard, but they have this whole, like, second driveway portion with gravel, and she said she could hook me up to an extension cord, and it was going to be awesome. So I was really, and plus, like, I'm just mostly super excited to see my friend. Um, 
I would have slept like in their yard if that's what it took. I was so excited to see her. Um, we only get to see each other like every, I guess it had been three years maybe since the last time we saw each other in person. We taught, we have a, we have a, um, a fun little routine that we do. She, um, works. And so, um, she works for the school system out there and, um, she'll call me cause she's on mountain time, obviously. So she'll call me on her way to school. Um, when she has like a 20 or 30 minute, um, drive in and it's usually for me, it's like the middle of the morning. And so we'll get to chat every so often. Um, if we're doing good, we get to do it about once a week. By the way, you haven't called me. I haven't like talked to you since I left your house. So <laughs> call me girl. Anyway, um, so I was excited to get there, so I wanted to leave early. So we get home on our last day in the Tetons. We decided that we wanted to go do a hike, and so we went and we hiked to um, the trailhead. It was the, it was the, let's see. We did not hike all the way to Death Canyon, but basically we did like the approach trail to Death Canyon, and so round trip, it was just less than four miles. And so, um, so we did this hike and then we had planned to stop at a restaurant on the way back called Dornan's Chuck Wagon, which is, they serve your, it's outdoor dining and it's gorgeous because the Tetons are like right there and the weather was perfect. The sky, it was beautiful. There was a breeze. It was like 75. It was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous day. So the day was going great. We were really enjoying our last night together. And so we make our way back to the campground. We got there at about like just a little after 6.30-ish, maybe 6.30, between 6.30 and 7. And as soon as we get out of the car, I see that there is a huge rock on my kitchen table so or my camp table. So I walk over there and there's a citation on our table and then they've put a big rock on top of it so that it wouldn't fly away. And then I take a second look and I see... My cooler is gone and my locker is gone. And I'm like, what in the world? And so I read the citation. Okay, now also, side note, this was the last day of us being here in the Tetons. And I had, my intention was to eat as much or if not all of the food that we brought with us by the time we were done with this leg of the trip. And then we'd stop in Colorado for the night and my friend was going to feed us dinner so we wouldn't have to do any grocery shopping then. And then I was going to get, when we got to Kansas, I was going to do another grocery shop. So there were no drinks in the cooler. It was empty. We had even emptied out like all the water that morning and let the sun dried out. It was bone dry and empty. And then the cool, the locker had all of our stuff in it, but it was clean and it was locked shut, you know, with these latches. And as I said, it had been there for the first, the Five other days we've been there. No issue. So sure enough, on the citation, it says that they have confiscated our items. And we can't get them back until the office opens the next morning at 8.30. Oh, my goodness. I was so ill. I, first of all, I'm a rule follower. So I was so embarrassed, horrified that we had, like, transgressed. I mean, this is, like, a major sin. You know, you're in a national park. And you broke the bear aware <laughs> rules. I was just horrified. And then like my horror turned to anger because then I'm like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> they know we're leaving tomorrow. They can look up our reservation. Like you're, you're serious. Like you, you confiscated our stuff on the last night and now we're going to have to wait. I mean, for all they know, maybe we were going to leave at five o'clock in the morning. They didn't know. <coughs> so it was so annoying. It kind of put, it really put a damper 
on the last evening. Um, and my, our friends that we were traveling with, they were very like, very supportive, loyal friends. And they were really annoyed with us, you know, like, Oh, that's so annoying. So (sighs) anyway, we had to get up the next morning and, um, I don't remember, I don't even remember how I made, how I made breakfast because I didn't have any of my stuff. I think I, what I ended up doing was I ended up making oatmeal in the microwave instead of making instant oatmeal with my kettle where I just, I have an electric kettle. That's a vestige of my England year. If you don't have an electric kettle, you need one. They're awesome. It's just, it just is what it is. It sits on your counter. You plug it into the wall and it boils water for you in like one minute. It's awesome. I use mine every single day. Today I use it to boil water, to mix up onion soup packets, to put in, to be, make the broth for the beef stew that I was putting in the crock pot this morning. And then later, like in a little bit, when I'm done, I'm going to go inside and make some tea. It's awesome. Anyway, we did get our stuff back the next morning and they were very kind. They didn't even say anything like, you shut up, nobody gave me a lecture. I didn't have to watch a video about Yogi Bear. You know, nothing really came of it except that our schedule was interrupted. So that was a huge lesson learned. And I just felt really stupid. I just felt like if I had read, if I had been more serious, you know, if I had read that thing or like maybe if, I don't know if they told Chris, when he was doing the checking in part, you know, Hey, this is really serious. Like we'll take your stuff. I just didn't really know. Didn't know. So anyway, that was a big lesson learned. If you are camping, we had never camped in a national park before. If you are camping in a national park, they mean business. They will take your junk and lock it up. So follow the rules, kids. All right. So uh, this whole podcast did not know how did not go the way I expected. Now I'm kind of wondering like how far should I go with this? Um so I I'll just tell you two other two other little lessons that we learned. Um I mentioned that on the last day in the Tetons we went on a hike and it wasn't the only hike we did. We did several hikes that week, but I wouldn't really call what we did in Yellowstone. We didn't really do any hiking per se because well we did one maybe it counted as a hike, one little walk. I'll say we did a walk down to, um, an observation point for when we were looking at the, um, the lower falls, which is the huge, gorgeous waterfall that is, um, in the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. It's twice the height of Niagara. And I guess I didn't, I mean, I've seen Niagara. I guess the thing about Niagara is that it's wide, but anyway, this is twice the height. So we did a little hike down to that and we did other hikes in the Tetons. We hiked to Inspiration Point. And, um, yeah, so we had been hiking all week, but for whatever reason on this day, you know, this is just how our youngest child is. If she decides she's going to have a bad time, she's going to have a bad time. Her attitude is set. Like there is no way that you are going to talk her out of having a bad time. So unfortunately we've had to come up with like We've figured her out, like, and we've figured her out is that we have, you know, she's one of those kids, she's one of those people that you have to make her think it's her idea, and if she thinks it's her idea, she'll do literally anything. Um, so we were trying to do this hike, and she was just being a hot mess. I'm so tired, my feet hurt, daddy put me on your shoulders, I want to be back right, I'm too tired, I'm thirsty, I can't, I'm out of water. I mean, every, every single complaint, every single whatever. She was just being a a miserable little hiker. 
And I'm looking at, at Chris, like, I'm so done with this. Like, I wanted to come out and enjoy this hike, and I don't know what to do. And so we stopped for, like, a water break in the shade or something. And then someone says, she's going on and on about how she doesn't want to hike anymore. And someone says, I don't remember whose idea this was. Someone says, well, that's too bad because I was thinking maybe you could be the line leader for the next little bit. And she was like, oh, okay. And she threw her backpack on and she started like hoofing it, like hustle, 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 hustle. She wore us out <laughs> for the for the second half of the hike. She was like, come on, let's go. Come on, come on, come on. So I have the most adorable picture of her at the, when we, when we got to the the destination of that hike, which it was a hike in hike out. So we, it wasn't a loop. So we had, we hiked all the way to the, basically where the, where Death Canyon starts. And so, and then we had to hike the like 1.8 miles back. And so I have this picture of her standing there with the sign, you know, that says Death Canyon this way. And she just looks so pleased with herself. So, um, and then she, she did the same, we did the same thing. Okay. Are you ready? Line leader, let's go. And so that was a big lesson learned that you can make an incredibly, um, recalcitrant six-year-old hike anywhere by just making her the line leader. And it also helps if she has light up shoes. So, um, I realized that on the day before we were supposed to leave that her tennis shoes were completely threadbare on the bottom, like no tread left at all. And so I had to run to the store and it was after school had started here. So back to school had already occurred. All the sales had happened. Every kid in a tri-county area had come out to this strip mall and absolutely destroyed the shoe choices. And so we were, there was one pair of size 11 shoes in the store and it was much to her glee an Anna and Elsa light up pair of shoes. They are the most God awful, ugly shoes I've ever purchased a child. And I told her, I looked at her and I said, you are so lucky that you are not your older sisters because I would never have bought them these shoes. I would have made them wear the other ones until a hole was worn through them. So that probably also helped, but um yeah. It was an epic road trip in many, many ways. The last one I'll tell you. I had never been to Kansas before. Um you could probably bottle up everything I know about Kansas to two different things. I have an online friend that I've known for over 10 years now who lives in Kansas. So, um, I've heard things from her about Kansas and then, you know, I watched the wizard of Oz at least once. And so I know that Kansas is tornado alley and I'm, I'm terrified of tornadoes. I'm, I'm not scared of just regular old thunderstorms, but like bad thunderstorms. Yeah. So, um, I had done, I also have a little bit of like weather, I kind of have some weather anxiety. Um, 
that I think stems from my mom making me sleep in a bathtub every time it stormed until I was like 11 years old and was like, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. If dad's allowed to sleep in his bed during a thunderstorm, I'm sleeping in my bed during a thunderstorm. And I like stormed out of the bathroom and I never slept in the bathtub again, but she definitely passed on some weather anxiety to me. So I'm dealing with that, especially like it kind of, you know, came back to get me after I had kids. But, um, so one of the things that I kind of did on the trip and what I, I try and do now is I try not to follow the weather forecast because so often they're wrong. I love my weatherman. I really do. But he is wrong. It's not his fault. You can, you know, you can only forecast the weather. You can't control the weather. So I realized it was causing me a lot more anxiety to look at long-term forecasts that were telling me stuff like a week in advance and then nothing would ever happen. So also for the trip, I tried not to, to live and die by the forecast because I thought, you know what, the weather is going to be the weather. I cannot control it. And I don't want to sit here and worry for three or four days and then have something not happen. So I really was not following the weather at all. So we bed down, (coughs) excuse me, we bed down the second night in Kansas and it starts to rain. So I'm like, all right, then there's some thunder. Well, actually, no, before that, let me back up. We are getting ready for bed and Chris is like, girls, come out here. And so they step outside. He's like, put your shoes on. So two of them, not the little one, the little one had fallen asleep already. The older two, they are in their pajamas already, but they get their shoes on and he takes them down and they walk and they stand on the lake shore of the state park that we were staying in. And they watch this incredible lightning show that's going on in the distance. And I, I was watching it too from inside the camper and I thought it was heat lightning. It reminded, it was blessed. I mean, it was blessedly hot that day. Nineties at least. Um, and so it reminded me of heat lightning, which I can remember seeing when, um, I was born in Texas and we lived in Texas. Uh, we lived between Texas and California until I was eight, but, um, I can remember seeing heat lightning in Texas. And so that's what I thought it was. So we went to bed and then the storm started and I am not joking. I did not sleep at all that night because I kept looking out the window waiting to see Toto fly by. It was the it was the worst thunderstorm I've ever been in. It had 60 plus mile hour winds and we are in our camper. Okay, this is the, the worst possible place to be in a storm like this. It had half dollar size hail forecasted with it. Praise the Lord that did not fall. I don't even want to know what that would have done to our vehicles. Like it probably would have taken out our windshield. I mean, I don't even want to know. But the wind and the rain and the lightning. I have never seen so much lightning in my life. It was like constant, constant lightning. And it went on for hours. The severe thunderstorm lasted for almost 90 minutes. And then it went down to just heavy thunderstorm. And then it went to heavy rain. And then it went to flash flooding. So that was a night that I hope never, ever to repeat. And if that means I can't ever go back to Kansas... That's really probably fine with me. I've seen everything I need to see in Kansas. I saw Laura Ingalls Prairie. I'm good. Check the box. It was so scary. (laughs) So scary. So, but it did help me. The lesson I learned from that was have a plan for if there's a thunderstorm. Because as I was laying, I was the only one awake too. My whole family slept through the entire thing. As I'm laying there looking out the window, you know, waiting to see the twister come by, I see that other people are leaving their... Oh, hi, train. Gracious. 
Um, I see that other people are getting out of their campers and getting in their cars and driving away. And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I bet they're going to take shelter in the bathhouse because that's what you're supposed to do. But we were already hooked up to our car because we were planning on leaving at six o'clock the next morning to make a lot of progress getting to Arkansas the next day. So that was not an option. We could not get in the car and drive away because we were, we were already hooked up. So at some point I woke my husband up and I'm like, I think it's really bad. Like, do you think it's safe for us to be in here? And this is what he said to help me fall back asleep. He's like, well, uh, I think it, I mean, it's going to have to flip the car too in order to flip us. Like, so, you know, I think it's fine. Pro, pro, I, I really don't think it can flip the car and the, and the camper at the same time, you know? And then he's like asleep. Thanks, hon. Appreciate that. Oh, normally he's so helpful as he as evidenced by tonight's rather embarrassing and regrettable incident with Cotton Eye Joe. So, with that, I will say this concludes part two, Lessons Learned from the Epic Road Trip, guest starring a dinosaur insect slash palmetto bug slash roach named Cotton Eye Joe, who is now deceased. May he rest in peace. Pieces. May he rest in pieces. Oh, <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. That's all. If you made it all the way to the end of this, you know what I'm going to say. I love you. And Jesus does too. Bye. And the intro music is by Kevin McLeod. Winner, winner.